FreshBooks has created a super intuitive tool that makes creating and sending invoices ridiculously easy. It's been redesigned from the ground up and custom built for exactly the way you work. The most important thing for everyone listening is that getting started on FreshBooks is extremely simple, even if you're not a numbers person. Actually, especially if you're not a numbers person. FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to everyone listening. To claim it, just go to freshbooks.com money and enter Listen Money Matters in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Hey, what is going on, everybody? And welcome to Listen Money Matters. You go your way, I'll go mine. We'll both end up in a box at the end of our time. <laughs> My name is Thomas. I'm here as always with Andrew. Andrew, do you, do you get that catchphrase? I do. I do get that catchphrase. Did is it you a get song? It? I, oh. Uh, oh, I do get it. Yeah. Uh, now I get it. It's a grave box. Ooh. What are you drinking? I'm drinking. What's closer to the grave. Uh, so I found, I found a uh, Christmas special release. Okay. I don't know if, I don't know if it's early or late. <laughs> um, it's a Shalafly Christmas. Oh, Shalafly. Great. Yeah. From St. Louis. You know it? Yes. Yeah, uh yeah i was in, i was in st louis about two months ago three months ago it's so good dude. We, didn't, we didn't go to the brewery but we were really near it so you saw it, you it, saw it, it like you walked yeah. by st louis is beautiful st louis reminds me of hoboken a little bit it's very clean st louis uh yeah i guess well i mean i, don't, I, I was in a nice neighborhood <laughs> you're like, you're like actually no no but um i don't know what parts of st louis they're in but like the architecture is just nuts there hmm it's like it doesn't feel like the Midwest. It feels like an older part of the country. So Dude. coming from Des Moines, it's just weird. Okay, so so not to be, uh, and I'm gonna totally make an ass of myself. Is St. Louis the one with the big arc? Yes. Ah, yes. And you can and you can take that weird like capsule thing up to the top. Yes, you can. Yes. Yep. But the the best thing in St. Louis is City Museum. Just Google it, and whoever's listening to this, go to City Museum once in your life. Mm. You will not regret it, and you can thank me later. I am drinking an Angry Orchard Green Apple Cider, and I'm discovering that I like Green Apple Cider much better than regular apple cider. Dude, cheers. I was afraid like you'd be Drink. never drinking again, you know. And <laughs> No, not too much. So, guys, today we're doing a series that we haven't done in a while, I think, uh, right? Yeah, months. We're doing a This Financial Life, and we got uh, Corey, he's a listener of the show, with us today. Corey, how's it going? Hey, guys. How you doing? I'm doing well. Doing well ourselves. So I'm, I'm curious, how'd you find the show? I actually found the show just, I listen to podcasts frequently. I was um, checking stuff out on PodBay. That's the website I go to normally. You guys oh. never mention that one. You're always listening off the places you can find podcasts, and I'm always like, PodBay. It's great. <laughs> I'm going to go to PodBay right now. Uh, yeah. I can say I've heard of PodBay. I think I've seen it in my analytics or something on my website, but I've actually never used it. Did you just see us in like the, the business section or something? Yeah, I was just looking through finance, and uh, I saw I saw the picture, and I was like, these guys seem cool. I'll listen <laughs> to them. And uh, yeah, I just got hooked. Like all the information, I love it. Oh, yeah, there we are. Right at the top. <laughs> Where we belong. Oh shit. <laughs> I just figured I could make Andrew Andrew like rush to go look. <laughs> I, was, I was like, refresh. <laughs> right up. Well that's cool, man. So uh, you know, tell us your story. What's your uh what's your financial situation like at a kind of top level 
Wow, from a bird's eye view, it's uh, pretty tough. I've got a lot of college debt going on right now and uh, a lot of random debts here and there, but uh, I work a lot and I've put a lot of hours into trying to get them, start getting them down, and you guys have definitely helped in your own ways. And, like, a lot of motivation there. I guess so I could say, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. I was asking what you went to college for. I went to college for music, actually, and... Um, it's kind of strange. I went to college for music education and about halfway through, I kind of realized it wasn't really my goal. I didn't, I'm not really much of like a teacher type. Mm-hmm. Um, did you finish college or did you stop halfway through? Cause you mentioned your, well, that's, that's sort of where it's gotten hazy is I did not finish college. I never got my degree. Okay. So I've been sort of adapting to like getting jobs without a degree and all that. And like still staying in music and, it's been a it's been a journey so far. I can definitely say that much. So you left college, and what did you do then? Are you working only in music, or did you have to pick up jobs outside of it? Oh, absolutely, I had to pick up other jobs because music's just such a hard. It's really hard to like sort of get your get yourself in there. And um, I've been working landscaping, doing like uh, these labor jobs and whatnot here and there, like also done like refereeing for like kids football games and oh yeah just a whole myriad of odd jobs and sort of been i'm sort of a weird journeyman in a way sounds like you hustle like no one's business <laughs> you're all over the place oh yeah oh yeah well the email you sent us you said you work six jobs are those all at the same time or uh <laughs> are some of them seasonal or what some of them are definitely seasonal yeah yeah okay. so, um so I got to ask, you know, you're doing all these different regional jobs, or not regional jobs, uh, seasonal jobs. Is the income steady month to month or is it really volatile? It can be really volatile, especially once I hit December. Okay. And like all I have is like playing on the weekends. So it's just sort of, once, especially January. January, it's like empty. But I've been still trying to find other things to do. I'm always looking for something to do. With December and you know the winter time, especially December, it seems like temp work would be pretty easy to pick up, though, right? Uh, I've had my foray into retail. It oh, just, yeah. It's not my thing at all. Can't do it. It definitely isn't fun, no. No, no. <laughs> just throwing it out there as an option, but yeah, I've, I've done retail. Uh, never again. <laughs> no, 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 no. I worked at a okay. movie theater back Dude, in the oh, day. Yeah. It'll, It'll, it'll make you hate movies. <laughs> I, I worked at Lowe's, and uh, I think the only good thing was when I would clean the theaters and watch, like, clips. Oh, I got, I got in so much trouble for that. And you know what? It wasn't even for a good movie. It was for Knowing by Nick Cage. Oh, that's Nick the Cage. worst. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting there watching that for, like, half an hour, and I got yelled at. And I was like, well, I, was, I, was, I just wanted to not work. <laughs> Did you say you worked at Lowe's? I did, I yeah. Didn't. There was a movie theater called Lowe's? L-O-W-E-S. Yeah, it's like the other big one besides AMC. Or maybe AMC bought them? Or Regal? I have never heard of that. When you said Lowe's, I thought you were talking about the hardware store. Yeah, I would always have to be like, no, the movie theater. Um, I don't know. This is this is back when I, I, like before college even, when I was in high yeah. school. Mm. Okay. But dude, Corey, uh, so how much are you bringing in a month on average? And then where do, where do you need to be? Well, it ends up, it really does depend every month, but I'd say average, probably like, I have to say like 2500 2, or so, like somewhere between that and three. 
Okay. How and much then you- do you know what expenses are? Sorry, what was that? The expenses? Expenses are, yeah. Um, they're roughly not including food and gas. It's because those are always also really changing a lot. Yeah. I'd have to say it's like about like 900. Oh, really? Yeah. Thankfully, I still live at home. So that's not that expense isn't overbearing, but it does kind of suck living at home sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I've, I, you know, end of high school, even I was just like, I'm ready to get out of here. No, <laughs> but that's actually pretty good. I mean, you, you're, you're saving 1500 a month, which is pretty good. Um, are you mean, are you putting all this stuff into a bank account yet? Or well, I guess I don't even know where you're at with, uh, all the finances. I think right now I've been sort of intermittently putting it into a betterment as you guys have suggested many times. Okay. I like that. When, um, I have some in the savings because I just want to like have some that I don't need to take out too. Yeah. And I've also been sort of saving for a new car. I was kidding. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, it, the cat. That's sort of my na- main saving goal right now is getting a new car because my car right now is 1998 Toyota Corolla. Oh yeah. On its yeah. last week. Just last year, I upgraded from my 1998 Chevrolet Malibu. <laughs> and uh, you know how I said it was going to die someday, Andrew? Mm. Like, Martin drove it for about a year, but it's it's near dead now. Oh, man. It was about its time to go. You know, <laughs> uh, maybe it dates me, but when you say 1998, it doesn't feel that old to me. It's like, what, why, is, why is the car not fine? It was 18 years ago. Yeah, I know. Thanks. Like I, an entire childhood. <laughs> so Corey, you you need to make more money i guess is your your thing right oh yeah so um what what have you tried i mean you've you've tried working for a lot of people right you you don't like real uh uh retail i mean it's tough because i really do want to do something with music in my life like even if i am just i don't want to teach in a school not really. I don't want to be in a school. That's really what it comes down to. I don't want to be in a school all day. And I feel like I remember back to my days in music class and 90% of the kids were just being babysat. That's the way I felt. Mm. It was like, yeah, the amount of like discipline I had to see my teachers dish out and like hard assness. It's just like, I'm not, that's not who I am. Like, yeah. I've, I've Have you considered just, one-on-ones? Yeah. So. I actually... I actually, that's, oh, I left that job off the list. So I guess you got to make it seven because I, I do some private lessons too. I do okay. um, two right now. I'm looking to expand, but that's a tough one. Why? I, I just don't know who, where to reach out at. I don't know where to go to like, I tried posting on Craigslist and like on websites and I've tried like asking my students to spread the word. But it's tough because every once kids have their private lesson teacher, they're locked in. Usually, it's rare that they're going to switch up. Mm. So you kind of have to get them while they're still young. As creepy as that sounds, <laughs> that sounds super creepy. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, do you ever hang out at playgrounds to try and find them? Right. <laughs> I just got a, oh, fly. I got okay. a white van. Actually, I was lying about that car thing. No windows, right? No windows. No windows. No. <laughs> um. So. Uh, have you tried uh, collaborating with a high school? So you don't have to teach the class, or, or maybe you could be a help in the class for free, and then try and pick off some of the students for additional lessons after the fact. Mm. 
you know what I would do? I would try to get a job at a music store. Yeah. And I would be like, you know, I would just tell customers that I also do tutoring or something or, you know, negotiate something with the owner. You know, hey, can I put my business cards out or something while I'm working here? Because uh, I do freelance tutoring. You know, I no idea how it would work, but I know that any potential client for music tutoring is going to be somebody who will probably be going to a music store on a regular basis to get their instrument serviced. Or, yeah, or at least their parents, too, right? Their I parents, guess that's yeah. what it comes down to. I mean, four-year-olds march in the tuba into Raymond Music, but their parents are the ones who Oh, you guys it. have Raymond Music out there, too? Yeah. That's crazy. I didn't know that was a chain. Did you guys yeah. have? Oh, you know what? I just said it, and I was like, I bet they're not going to know what I'm talking about. I, I was just like, every business that uh, we have here, you guys don't have. Very different from my experience. But, yeah, that might be a good uh, a good potential avenue to look at is if you can get you know a music store is it's skirting retail but i don't know do you know how to more direct yeah it's your it's your people at least you Mm -hmm. know well i I feel like you're not going to have as many irate customers yeah that's my feel with the retail stores you go in you just see these people like belittle these workers and like treat them like crap and it's just like yeah you can't stop it, so all you can really do is not be a part of it. And but maybe the music store would be like more on a level ground. You know, I'd have the power over them because they'd be respecting my opinion, versus just in putting their own in there and certain things yeah. like that. See, to a degree, I think we all sell. You know, and we're we're all in customer service, and no matter what kind of role we're in, for the most part, I see that. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it's it's just a spectrum. So, you know, I could see myself being okay with a certain job that you could classify as retail because you're selling something. But if you're in a smaller establishment and you're selling something you really care about, uh, you know, the moment you care about what you're selling, it just kind of changes the entire game. Cause most retailers, you're just getting paid eight bucks an hour to scan someone's toilet brush. Mm. They're buying, <laughs> you know, but if it's like instruments you've been playing your whole life, that's a lot more enjoyable. Uh, absolutely. Corey, so so most of the, the work you've done trying to get um, tutoring, you've been reaching out to the kids, right? Um, not necessarily. I've sort of just asked people to spread the word, and I've made Facebook posts and Craigslist posts. So just to whoever sees it, really. Because, uh, I mean, one, I, I think everyone in your Facebook friend list and stuff, they, they probably know you, or at least that you play you know an instrument and are willing to teach kids um and then they're probably also not going to go really that far out of their way to like find you work they got their own shit going on Mm -hmm. um but uh parents are probably the ones who are paying for these lessons and what if you came up with a targeted marketing plan up for parents maybe specifically parents at a high school nearby you yeah, uh, I've never done that before, so I, I don't really know where to start. I guess if it was me, if this was if I was trying to get music tutoring clients, I would build myself a little website. You know, I'd throw it up on WordPress or Squarespace or something. Just it'd be really simple. Me, I have an instrument, listing my instrumental experience, listing my tutoring uh, services, and some contact information. And I guess real grassroots, you could be sharing that on Facebook, but. I don't know, Andrew, if this would work, you could potentially make a really targeted Facebook ad so for tutoring services, potentially. I, I was mm. literally going to recommend that you could probably find, uh, you, you could, I'm sure you could target kids, or I'm, I'm sorry, 
adults <laughs> in a certain age range that have kids that uh, live in a certain area and make a certain amount of money um, and have an interest in trombones or whatever. Like you could be ridiculous with Facebook and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right. Like try that or just collect email addresses. Another thing, too, is I also teach, like, trumpet and tuba and all that, so it's also more versatile, too. I should oh, probably totally. be focused on that, too, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, you can teach multiple instruments. That's, I mean, all the better, as long as you can prove that you're competent and you can stand out. You know, if you're like, I can teach every single instrument in the world, from the harmonica to the you know, recorder, and then it might be like, okay. Theremin. <laughs> but if it's all brass, you know, it's kind of, it makes sense. Um, you another know, thing that might be good to do is to volunteer at music events. So if a school's setting up a huge concert or something, maybe you could volunteer to help set it up or run sound or something like that. If you can build connections with the teachers and uh, people who mm. basically talk to parents that have kids who play instruments, then you get on their radar even if you're not a teacher yourself. So mm -hmm. I, I think the way you have to think about it is so you need like a, a – client list and you need to build uh, some sort of like marketing funnel right so maybe you could uh, you know advertise on Facebook I'd be curious um, if like there was like a play in the high school if you advertise in that pamphlet maybe it's super cheap you know it costs like 20 bucks and you get like one client you're, you're good mm -hmm. um, oh yeah I'd definitely make my money back that way Mm -hmm. But one way that I, th I think would, would really work out is that I bet there are other people in your area that teach instruments and, and likely the same instruments you do. And maybe they're, they're getting business and they can't take it. Like mm -hmm. they just don't have time to take additional people. And if you reached out to them, found them, you could take their spillovers and perhaps offer a referral fee. So mm. they're, they're yeah. going to make money. The, the client's are already coming to them because they've built uh, a business that's that's decently well established. Um, and then you get work. So I never thought of that. That's a good idea. That's really, that's genius right there. So you're racing against the clock to wrap up three projects prepping for a meeting later in the afternoon, all while trying to tackle a mountain of paperwork. Welcome to life as a freelancer. Challenging? Yes. But our friends at FreshBooks believe the rewards are so worth it. The working world has changed. With the growth of the internet, there's never been more opportunities for the self-employed. To meet this need, FreshBooks is excited to announce the launch of an all-new version of their cloud accounting software. It's been redesigned from the ground up and custom-built for exactly the way you work. Get ready for the simplest way to be more productive, organized, and most importantly, get paid quickly. The all-new FreshBooks is not only ridiculously easy to use, it's also packed full of powerful features. Create and send professional-looking invoices in less than 30 seconds. Set up online payments with just a couple clicks and get paid up to four days faster. See when your client has seen your invoice and put an end to the guessing games. FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to all of you. To claim it, just go to freshbooks.com slash money and enter Listen Money Matters in the How Did You Hear About Us section. So, 
So, Corey, I'm interested to know uh, what your immediate financial goal is. Are you trying to establish a more consistent and higher income right now, or are you more concerned with getting into music more? I guess I'd say my number one concern is getting out of any sort of laborious position like landscaping or anything like that, or even snow shoveling in the winter. At least that pays like ridiculously. Yeah. So it's kind of worth it, but especially because you spend most of the time just sitting in the car. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, um, and I don't know if this is something you want to do or not, or, you know, what kind of consideration you give it, but my brother really wants to be in the music industry as well. Now, I think he does pretty different music than you, because it sounds like you do uh, trombone and brass instruments, and my brother wants to do rap and, like, EDM music. Oh, no, I make that, too. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> so he does that. He's, uh, you know, he's doing concerts every once in a while, but right now it's not bringing in money, so he works for a delivery company, and that brings in pretty decent money so he can he's got an apartment he pays for that and uh, all his bills are pretty much taken care of so he can dedicate all of his free time to music kind of a laborish job i know he spends most of his time driving but some of it's manually hauling boxes and stuff mm -hmm. um but the thing about it is it's is it's uh, consistent it's you know pretty consistent hours and He's not trying to look for different jobs at different times of the year, which is nice because once you establish a consistent income, you can kind of rely on that mm. and start building up a savings, but you don't have to be like, okay, now I know that December's coming up and I'm not going to have anything going on then. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, that's really what's been like, that's really what's made me like turn things around somewhat in like the way where I've realized that I need to like find something new. I need to find something new. Mm -hmm. And I can't go through these periods because I'll get to January and I'll just be sitting on my couch, just not doing anything. And I'll realize it once it hits February and then I'm, I'll get around the corner and I'll just end up landscaping again the next year. Yeah. And this year, my health insurance has finally dropped because I'm 26 now. And oh, yeah. Yeah. So now it's sort of really, really lit the fire under my ass where it's just like. I got to find something that gives me some sort Dude, of benefits too. Corey, I, I get the frustration. Um, but where, where do you think the sticking point is for you? Because, uh, I know you've tried some things or is it that you're like afraid to try it or you just don't think it will work or you feel like you're spinning your wheels? Like where do you think if you're to look at your, your attempts, like where you're failing? Um, I think I definitely have problems with like doubting myself and whatnot. I definitely run into that and like killing like attempts just because of like preconceived failure and whatnot. Like that's definitely an issue I suffer through sometimes. I think as a musician, it's kind of natural in the nature of the work. Mm, yeah. Do you feel like there's maybe this sort of block like, oh, I can't do that. So I'm not going to try to do that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, I feel that sometimes, every now and then. So I talked to a guy recently, uh, I have another podcast for college students, um, and this guy, Neil Pasricci, wrote this book called The Happiness Equation, and he has this little really, really simple doodle in there, but it just was like really profound to me. Uh, and he kind of outlines how most people view skills that they want to do as a sort of linear progression from like first I have to be able to do it and that will lead to me wanting to do it you know having the motivation to do it and then I'll do it but 
that never gets you beyond where you kind of are now. So he just kind of rewrote it as a circle. Like do leads to being able to do, you gain skill to want to do because now you have the skill mm. cyclical kind of thing. And that yeah. really, helped, you know, cause I've had things where I've, I've been like, Oh, I'm not cut out for that in high school. I basically, um, I, I wrote off engineering as a potential major for myself because I didn't think I was good at math, but now I've realized like I could just work at math and get better and better at it. Yeah. Easily done engineering. If I would have had the mindset. I've sort of had that with basketball. I was so bad at basketball and I just kept playing and I got better because I didn't care if I failed. Mm-hmm. I, I was so, it was so not important that I just didn't care if I failed and I just got better because I wasn't putting that stress and anxiety of success on myself. Oh and yeah. It's, it's kind of hard to do that with something like a profession, but I feel like that's something I need to key into when it comes to like motivation. So it's harder because there are gatekeepers you have to convince up front. So, I mean, obviously you got to have some sort of skill before a person will hire you for a position that needs that skill. But I think there's a lot you can do in the meantime or on a smaller basis to start to get those skills, especially if it's something you can pick up freelance or elements of that skill you can pick up freelance. Uh, that'll help you build that kind of base you need to get to the next level. Okay. Corey, how much are you charging per hour? For a lesson, I get like $40 an hour. Okay. Which is definitely the best payment I get in anything. (laughs) And and you enjoy it. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. So uh, have you only had two clients ever or you just have two clients now? I had a third, but it it was really kind of a challenge because... Those two kids I teach now, they like playing. They're interested in playing the instrument. I make it fun with them. And we all we always have fun and we work on stuff and get shit done. The third student did not really, she wasn't that interested. She wasn't that invested in playing. So it was just a struggle. And I try, I was trying, but her mother was eventually just like, sorry, we're going to stop doing lessons now. Mm-hmm. And I, I sort of got it. I wasn't going to be pushy or anything. Yeah. So... So you had three clients total. How many people did you try to get as a client? Uh, that I contacted directly asking? Yeah. In, in person, I, email, phone? I don't think I really directly contacted anyone else, though. So. So, so you've literally never tried to ask anyone, and just through luck, you've accidentally gained three clients. Yeah, I guess, I guess kind of. Dude, imagine if you actually fucking tried. Like, imagine. <laughs> like, you basically have a greater than 100% success rate because you haven't even asked anyone. Yeah. <laughs> so, someone, someone just asked if they knew someone who could do trombone lessons. One of my friends brought that up, and it was like, yeah, I could do that. And then the other was their neighbor, so it just sort of, like, cascaded. Dude, so... um. When, when I was younger, uh, I was just I, I could talk to girls if I wasn't interested in them. But if I was interested mm. in them, I was just like unable to. And uh, I remember like reading this thing and they're like, just go to the mall and say hi to every girl. And, and it's kind of actually it's not kind of it's very creepy. Um, <laughs> but what happens is like you, you wind up um, like not re- it becomes not a thing. Right. I see. And, uh, I mean, dude, like you want to do this thing, 
it's the most lucrative thing that you do, but you haven't even tried to ask one person. Every per you could just be the super personal guy, um, and they kind of like you already, and you're just like, hey, like, I've ever thought of trying the trombone, like, uh, you know, like, let me just come over, like, one first lesson half off or whatever. Like, if if you failed half the time, right? Say you asked ten people. And and you asked, uh, and like only five said yes. Like that that'd be insane. You'd you basically be done. Mm. Yeah, no. Yeah. That's doubling your client base. Yeah, and it's definitely something that would get me out of working landscaping. And I just, I guess I haven't, I haven't put that much effort into it. And it's definitely something I should be putting more effort into. It's just always tough when it comes to motivation, trying to like take that step and put myself out there. Do you have like a, a friend that you, you know, talk to a lot or you have, you know, pretty regular contact with who could keep you accountable? Um, I think so. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe, maybe set up a challenge with that person. Uh, my best friend, Martin, we, we live, uh, live together actually. And whenever I need to do something really tough, I basically tell him, Hey, I'm going to do, X, Y, or Z for, you know, however many days. So one of them was, I'm going to read 25 pages a day, every single day without fail. And then the latest one was like, I'm not going to drink at all for a whole month, you know, which wasn't the hardest channel thing in the world, but I didn't want to have any excuses. So I told him, here's an Excel spreadsheet. You have access to it. I'm going to update it every day to show you that I didn't do this or I did do that. And if I fail even one day, I'm going to give you a hundred bucks. So, Ooh. And he's the kind of friend who I have another friend who will say like, oh, why don't you have why don't you have me be your accountability partner? And then I'll try to sabotage you. So I'll get a hundred bucks like that. No, he's not invested in my success. He's invested in the hundred bucks. Martin cares. So he'll probably take my hundred bucks and spend it on something stupid, like a box of dildos will ship me or something. But, <laughs> but he doesn't want me to fail. And he would be really disappointed if I did. So just having that in place, having a little bit of accountability where I told somebody I'm going to do something and I know that person will keep me accountable and hold my ass to the fire makes me do it. You know, and I like Andrew sitting here telling you basically to cold call people and like pitch your services. And like, I'm, I'm physically cringing because I don't know if you feel like this, but if I had to go out and ask people, you know, cold, if they wanted to pay for something I was selling, like I would hate that. But if it was something I, I know. needed to do, I would have to do it and I would want to find a friend who would basically make sure I'm doing it. So I would tell him, Hey, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to ask three people this week. Uh, mm -hmm. ask me the week if I did or if I didn't. And if I didn't, I'm doing your laundry for the next two weeks or something like that. <laughs> I've always found those little, just setting up a little kind of trigger system. All right. All right. I'll, I'll do you one better then. So when I got my first job, that's, that's how I got it. I literally sent my resume to like every person that exists, like type thing. Like I just was like ridiculous, but dude, so if you if you like look around your area, find that the ten biggest players who are teaching music and make it a point one a week, like or just reach out to all of them and see if you could schedule like a meeting one a week. Like, hey, can I swing by your store or, you know, just do you have time to chat? Can I buy you coffee or a beer? Pick their mm -hmm. brain, um, even if they teach guitar, and that's like the furthest from what you want to do. Um, mm -hmm. I think I think they could tell you stories about how they started. They could probably help you. They're gonna have connections, 
and uh, like the, these would be the people because they're doing what you want to do. They're going to be pulling for you. Like uh, mm-hmm. the thing is, like Thomas and I, like Thomas is basically what are you? Seventeen, Thomas. You're like, <laughs> he's he's twenty five. I'm I'm gonna be thirty two soon. Like I live in New York. He lives in Iowa. But we both do kind of the same business. And to find like for me to find someone like Thomas is basically impossible. I feel so. In in a way, we're like kindred spirits. And so sometimes we chat, and he tells me things. I tell him things. I think that if you networked with people that are like you, uh just talking with them will energize you let alone have a million ideas yeah and and i've listened to like you guys did a whole podcast about like networking before and that's definitely like sort of opened my eyes because i always think of it as like this like competition and i'm so bad in those scenarios i'm so like i'm gonna shy away from like the confrontation type deal i always end up doing that you know it's not actually too much of a competition um also keep in mind if you find music tutors who teach one specific instrument you don't teach, think about all the siblings of their clients who mm. might play mm. your instruments. I mean, one brother might play the, the cello, the next one might play trombone. Boom, there you go. There could be a connection there. I see. I think the more people you know, the better off you're going to be. Um, my mom was my mom was doing the home daycare for years, and you know, she knew tons of other home daycare providers. And yeah, there's a little bit of competition between them, but they're still better off knowing each other and being able to refer clients and, hey, I can't take this infant, you know, you can you take it? Boom, there you go, new client for somebody. Yeah, and then she looks better because she solved the problem too, right? Yeah. To, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and you can you can honestly, like, it's not just a, a take kind of thing. You know, if you know a guitar teacher and you know a, you know, a clarinet teacher and you get a client who comes in and says, you know, I got two kids, one's trombone, one's clarinet. Can you help me? And you're like, well, my friend Jenny knows clarinet. So here you go. Mm. So you can be the, you can be the networker yourself. Mm. Interesting. And, and don't underestimate like the power of flattery. Like if you offer to buy someone a beer or a coffee, that is really flat. I have never turned down a single, like there, we had tons of emails. Mm-hmm. Every person who's offered, I show up, we have a great time. We talk like that's someone wants to talk with me. That's blows. It still blows my mind. I think, it, <laughs> I think if you meet people and you're just like, Hey, like I, I couldn't imagine them not saying yes, unless they're a dick. And then you wouldn't <laughs> want to work with them anyways. Yeah, that's true. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I definitely need to get more on the networking side of things. It's, it's, it's been sort of a battle over like the last, uh, three years or so sort of working my way back up to this point yeah so i definitely need to keep moving forward mm-hmm. my college was less than productive to put it lightly <laughs> but it's definitely something i've learned from and then when i think back to like all the money i'm spending i don't i still i used to feel like i got nothing for it like because i didn't get a degree i don't have jobs lined up like i got nothing from this oh man but I've sort of like in the last year or so sort of taken the other side of it where I'm like, no, I've learned so much in my life from making yeah. these mistakes, you know, and it's just like, yeah, it's $40,000, a lot of money, but <laughs> it's one of those yeah. things where you it, I mean, it's, you know, it's totally a cost in the past. So all you can control now is your perception of it. It's got to be paid one way or the other. So you might mm-hmm. as well view it as a lesson well learned. Very expensive lesson, but. (laughs) (laughs) 
Now, I keep I, I keep uh, drawing comparisons to my little brother because he went to college too, and they they ended up uh, canceling the major program he was going to go into. That's strange. So yeah, they were like, yeah, you were, we were going to have this major, but I guess we're not going to have it now. So he ended up leaving as well, and still has to pay off the, the semester or two that he was there. You know, and he could view it as it was a waste because they just ditched my major or he could view it as, hey, I met some friends, you know, took some classes, learned some things about adult life. It was useful to some degree. What Probably was the major? Right. Uh, so the school he went to was going to they were going to add a 3D animation major. Uh. And he was like, I want to work at Pixar kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And they just didn't. I guess maybe they didn't get enough students or enough interest or funding or whatever. Something happened. That's expensive to uh, host. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So uh, it was cool because he was able to go and learn some things. Like there's freeware software like Blender where you can still do 3D animation. It's pretty cool. Ah, okay. But yeah. So, I mean, you still got debt from, from college. So I guess one of your priorities is probably getting rid of that. Yeah, definitely. It's mm-hmm. like um, I've even like started paying more than the minimum lately which is really unlike me in the past because i was so bad with money Mm -hmm. and uh yeah sort of just like looking at it in a different way and sort of just thinking like this is going to be there forever if i don't fix it yeah it's it's not going away i can't ignore it do you use anything like uh mint or personal capital at all I um, I don't use Mint, but I do have like a written like log in my phone where I just literally write down every single dollar I spend because I like I like the process of having to write it down before I spend it. Okay. I feel like it helps me with impulse buys. That's a good I have tip. to write it down. Mm-hmm. Whereas like I, I totally understand Mint. It's like a great tool, but I like I like that. I like having like the full accountability like i have to put that in there before i buy it a little more work but i don't i don't mind it (laughs) you never even use the budgeting features in mint the only reason i suggest something like mint or personal capital is so you get a better overview of your entire financial picture where you can see you know here's exactly what my betterment balance is here's exactly what my loan balance is Mm -hmm. Uh, and you can start to just check your progress over a long term period of time I can see that. Yeah. It's full. I actually just started using personal capital today, so I'm getting what's, my accounts in it. What's the difference between the two? Um, personal capital is more it's more investment focused and it's more focused on ah. helping you extrapolate out what your position is and how it's gonna affect your future. I so see. it's a lot better for tracking your investments. I think mint is a lot more set up for budgeting, but if you're already writing down your transactions and everything, um, you know, maybe personal capital is potentially a better option for just keeping track of your investments, kind of mm-hmm. the whole picture. I see. So, dude, before we wrap up, you have any other questions? More of like a legitimacy question on like how do I how do I make it like a business to do the lessons? Because that's also a thing that's holding me back. Is like um, I hope the IRS isn't listening, but I don't report them really because it's so small. Okay, well, <laughs> I don't know. Start doing that. I know. <laughs> so here's what you do: you sign up for an account in Wave Accounting, like like Ocean Wave. They're free, completely free. Um, when you get money, 
then you record the money, you record the client it came from, date stuff. It's pretty easy. And when you when you buy things for your business, so if you got to buy business cards, you got to buy website hosting to market yourself, or you buy Facebook ads or whatever, you got to buy a new trombone or something. I don't know. Uh, those are expenses. So we we have lots of episodes on basic business uh, expensing, accounting, and stuff. But just start doing that, and that software will create a balance statement for you that you can use to easily do your taxes. And then from there, I don't know if you have an accountant. TurboTax is the way I always did it when I was um, just starting out with my yeah, business. Yeah, that's, how I, that's how I usually do it. Mm-hmm. And you can just do it sole proprietor. You know, Eventually, you probably want to move into having an LLC, especially if you're like in people's homes. I don't know, you trip in yeah. China or something. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, For the most part, your small time, you build good relationships with people. Um, it's probably fine to just start out as sole proprietor. Okay. You know, I don't want to overwhelm you too much, but yeah, it's, definitely it's, start start to get a handle on your business accounting. That okay. way, you're up and up with your taxes and all that. Yeah, it's, that's definitely one of the, and those things that I feel has also like kept me back. Like it's sort of like, well, yeah, dude, I totally feel you. Um, when I was in high school. I started designing websites and I really liked it. And I was like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I was in the business professionals of America club. And, uh, I got intimidated by the accounting stuff. And I was like, I don't know how this works. Uh, the person I talked to made it sound really complicated. And I was like, dude, if I do a business, the IRS is going to audit my ass tomorrow. And I will probably go to jail because I messed up a decimal point. Get the fear. I totally get it. (laughs) So I was like, I'm just going to go work for a big company my whole life and, and just not do entrepreneurship, which in hindsight, it's like, it's totally dumb to let that little thing, you know, make me cancel what I wanted to do. Oh yeah. But once I started reading up on it, uh, it's not too bad at all. It's really, it's really easy. I mean, you can, if you combine wave accounting with TurboTax and you save your receipts, you're basically like 95% of the way there. And then the moment it gets a little bit more complicated is probably also the moment you're bringing in more money and then you can get an accountant and they'll charge you like, 250 bucks per year to do your taxes which oh, is- i see okay well that's a lot cheaper than i thought it was i always assumed yeah, it was bad. way more no i mean if you have a, if you're hiring a bookkeeper to literally do your books every month it'll be more expensive but i do my books myself or at least i did and uh i would just take them to the accountant he's like cool these are really nice and organized thank you 250 bucks it's all filed all good to go cool so, dude, Corey, thank you so much for coming to the show, man. Oh, thank you for having me. Talk to you. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, dude, it's awesome. Yeah. Like, I listen to the show all the time, so actually, like, hearing you guys talk to me is, like, kind of surreal in a way. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I know the feeling. Uh, the first time I was on this show, because I wasn't the original host, and you might know that if you've listened to the early episodes. First time I was on it, mm-hmm. I was like, this is so cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next day on the show. <laughs> Freaking out a little. <laughs> yeah, man. Cool. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you got questions for us of your own financial situation or you know specific money questions, our email address is listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. So send us your questions. Let us know what's on your mind. And uh, you can also find our favorite tools, money ma- apps, resources, books, everything that we like to recommend over at listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. So check it out if you're curious. That's all we got for this episode. So until next week, we'll see you later, guys. Later, man. See you later. Yeah.
tell your friends about this show. Special thanks goes out to FreshBooks for sponsoring this episode. She works hard for the money. Dun, dun, dun. So hard for the money.